This morning as we celebrate Epiphany, rather than simply reading the assigned scripture passage and then preaching a sermon on it, I thought that it would be more helpful perhaps if I would invite you to practice a little bit and and open up the Bible and turn to the first page of the New Testament. And uh, it's a page without a page number on it. Don't you love it when, the, when it does that? But it really is page or 783 in the Red Bible. And uh, we're going to take a look at this story of Epiphany and uh, pause a few times along the way for some pictures and some things for us to ponder. Some things for us to ponder. As we were talking about with the kids, the the classic Epiphany story is the story of the the Magi or the wise men or the three kings coming to see Jesus and how God reveals or manifests Jesus to the the people and to those, uh, those travelers that come. We're used to seeing pictures like this, but I think we don't often slow down and actually read the biblical story and notice, notice what Matthew is telling us. And so I invite you to, to do that. And I know some of you are uh, pushed a little bit out of your comfort zone to actually open up the Bible, so I made it really easy for you. Put it on the screen so you can follow along with key, key points as well. So Matthew starts off, uh, and Matthew again, one of the four Gospels, one of the four books in the Bible that tell the story of Jesus, and Matthew tells the story of Jesus' birth from the man's perspective, so we get to hear some of Joseph's thinking. Luke tells from the lady's perspective, so we're going to get to hear some of Joseph's perspective, and Joseph is told that, that Mary's going to have a baby, and that he should name him Jesus and Emmanuel. God is with us and God saves us. And then, the beginning of the second chapter, in the time of King Herod, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem, asking, where is the child who has been born king of the Jews? For we observed his star at its rising, and we have come to pay him homage. When King Herod heard this, He was frightened in all Jerusalem with him. Now, why would King Herod be frightened? He was threatened, yeah. Do political leaders like competition? Not not so much. They don't. They don't. And if Herod was frightened, why would all of Jerusalem be frightened with him? They don't know what Herod's going to do. You've heard the saying, if mama ain't happy, ain't nobody happy? Well, you know, it's it's a little like that. And so then Herod secretly calls the wise men and learns from them the exact time that the star had appeared. And then Herod sends them to Bethlehem and he says, go and search diligently for the child. And when you've found him, bring me words so that I may... Pay him homage. Do you trust Herod's word? Do you think he's being straight that that's what he wants to do is to go and pay him homage? If you're a little bit suspicious, you're wise. 
you're wise. And so the wise men, the magi, when they saw that the star had stopped, they're overwhelmed with joy and they go into the barn. Isn't that what it says there? They go into the house. Well, wait a minute. I thought Jesus was born in a barn. It never says that he was born in a barn. But it does say that the wise men go to the house and they find him. Jesus was put in a manger, but mangers were in houses all the time back then. So just a little side note. Don't want to ruin your Christmas story. Just, just paying attention to what it says here, huh? And so what do they do? They see the child with Mary, his mother, and they kneel down and they pay him homage. And then they offer him They open their treasure chests and they offer them gifts, gold, frankincense, and myrrh. How many are there? How many? Three, three what? Three wise men? Or three gifts? Both? It only says that there's three gifts. It never says that there's three wise men. But you know, since men are incapable of multitasking, it stands to reason that, of course, there had to be one gift for each deliverer. And there's all kinds of uh, theories about the significance of each of those gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. I don't know if you've noticed our opening hymn, We Three Kings, it has five stanzas. The first introduces it. The fifth concludes it. And the center three... Talk about each one of those gifts and what the significance of those gifts may be. So I want to pause for a moment and invite you to ponder. With the gift of Jesus, the Magi respond by paying homage, by worshiping, and by giving gifts to Jesus and his family. How do you respond to the gift of Jesus? Well, part of why you're here this morning is to pay him homage, to worship, yeah? But also part of that response that we see in the Magi is that they offer gifts to Jesus and his family. So one of the questions that I would invite you to ponder as we begin this new year is simply... What gifts do you offer Jesus and his family? As your response, as your joyful response to Jesus, what gifts do you offer Jesus and his family? After they offer gifts, they're warned in the dream not to return to Herod and they left for their own country by another road. Interesting. So these foreign wise men are asked by the paranoid political leader to help find this king. And do they comply? No, they resist, right? They resist the ruler's order. And they sneak off. Did you know that there was a story of political resistance in the Christmas story? 
Again, just slowing down to read the story as Matthew tells us. I flipped too far along. They left by another road. And now after they left, an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream and said, Get up, take the child and his mother and flee to Egypt and remain there until I tell you. For Herod is about to search for the child and destroy him. Then Joseph got up, took the child and his mother by night and went to Egypt and remained there until the death of Herod. Interesting. From epiphany to exile. Another dream. Warning Joseph about a nightmare. That his child is in danger and so they flee to Egypt. When people think about Christmas, they often have images like this in mind. Somebody posted this on Facebook and somebody else was responding about, oh, this is just so, this is what Christmas is all about. And I think the same day I saw somebody posted this as well. I don't know if you can make out what it is. But it's a, it, the heading is, underneath it is refugees, the holy family. Interesting to think about the situation in the scriptures and the people these days that flee dangerous situations for the safety of their children. And so another question that I invite you to ponder, how does Jesus and the story of Jesus help us to think about the way that we think about other people who are in danger. I totally understand that this is a really complicated thing, and I don't have the answer. But if we're followers of Jesus, then we ought to pay attention and think about how... how... And another question to ponder... What is it that about the story of Jesus and the gift of Jesus that God would choose to enter into this very dangerous situation like this? That God would choose not some hallmark birthday, not some family with no struggles, but God would choose to come into a situation like this When, they saw that, when Herod saw that he had been tricked by the wise men, he was infuriated and he sent and he killed all the children in and around Bethlehem who were two years old or under according to the time that he learned from the wise men. Again, you don't see Christmas cards with this part of the story on it. But it's been part of the art and the for centuries and centuries. Here, I don't know if you can, can see all that's happening, but up on the left, King Herod is up on his throne and the soldiers are killing the little ones. And then off to the right, you see Joseph and Mary and Jesus heading off, heading off to Egypt. Egypt. 
When Herod died, an angel of the Lord suddenly appeared in a dream to Joseph in Egypt and said, Get up, take the child and his mother, and go to the land of Israel, for those who were seeking the child's life are dead. Then Joseph got up and took the child and his mother and went to the land of Israel. Finally, they get to go back home. Not quite. But when he learned that Archelaus was ruler over Judea in place of his father Herod, he was afraid to go there. That is, Joseph was afraid to go there. After having been warned in a dream, he went away to the district of Galilee. There he made his home in a town called Nazareth. Quite a fascinating, fascinating story. So, another question for you to ponder. When you think about home, it says there he made his home in a town called Nazareth. When you think about home right now for you, what things contributed to you being at home where you are right now? What things in your life happened? What circumstances? What dreams? What nightmares? Contributed to where you are at home right now. Or maybe you're at a transitional point in your life and you're kind of building a home, either literally or metaphorically. What are your dreams? What what do you want to be a part of that? The Christmas story in the scriptures. It's not like a Hallmark TV show. But the Christmas story in the scriptures proclaims the good news that God is with us. That Jesus has come. Jesus, who saves us from our sins, Emmanuel, God is with us. Not only when your life is all going wonderfully, but in the midst of hard times, in the midst of political stress, in the midst of situations where people do horrible things to other people, it's into this very world that God comes, that the star shines, that the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness will not overcome it. And so it's my hope and prayer that as this new year begins, whatever your situation, whatever, whatever home you're building, whatever hardship you walk through that you might know, you might know God is with you. And that that light that shines for you might also shine through you to be aware of hope and help for others. Thanks be to God for the gift of Jesus. Amen.